0: You know what time of the day it is. It's episode time with from the depths of darkness to the light of success. This show is all about sharing everyone's story because I believe everyone's story is valuable. It does not matter what walk of life you come from. And in this episode, with Bobby J from Rockaway. He's an hip hop artist who's inspired by 90s and classical hip hop, you know, making music that is inspired by that era and growing up in Rockaway Queens. You know, we talk about when he started writing, mental health, his musical influences, and just about being humble and creating content and believing in yourself. Now let's take it away. Strap yourself into that seat. Put that seatbelt on and buckle up. You're in for a great episode this week, folks. If
1: you blink now, forever hold your dying wish. When you set your goal, don't give up on it. Remind yourself every morning, noon, and night. I was born for this, and it's worth the fight. Life has so much flavor when you love it. So discover it.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I'm your host Chris Swick and then you know this show is all about you know talking about mental health addictions but everyone's story is valuable to me at the end of the day so I talk to everyone guys and if you could head over to the show and leave it a review or head over to Anchor FM and you know you can leave a voice message there let me know what you think of the show and how everything's going and you know, if you have any ideas for me for further episodes, let me know. But with no further ado, I'd love to bring on today's guest, Bobby J from Rockway. I found this man, you know, on Instagram because of a buddy of mine. Words he he kept posting about him and posting his freestyles and stuff like that. Want to take it away and let him know a little bit about yourself, Bobby?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, just uh, I'm a rapper from from Rockaway Beach, Queens. Um, you know, I was raised on classic hip hop, '90s hip hop specifically you know, New York um, classic hip hop. And uh, I try to make music that is inspired by that, um, you know, classic music, you know, in general is the inspiration behind everything that I do. Um, and I think, you know, the people that, that, that make, you know, um, New York inspired classic uh, hip hop inspired music are few and far between. And I'm just trying to keep that, you know, sample based sound, um, that lyrical sound, um, alive, you know my neighborhood and, and where I come from is definitely the backdrop to everything that I do. Um, and you know I, I I try to tell people you know my main goal with this is to is to make you know traditional sounding rap music that has a, a commercial viability um, because you know I feel like specifically in the in the in the mainstream right now everybody's following trends everybody wants to. Nobody wants to take risks and, 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 and everybody's trying to do what everybody else is doing in order to be commercially successful. But in my opinion, you know, especially being a New York based rapper, you know, the blueprint for making hits and making, you know, those songs that people love, you know, started in this city. Um, and, um, you know, I kind of want to bring that back to the to the fold, you know, where it's just good records, good beats, good hooks, good lyrics you know, and 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 bring my personal experiences into what I do.
0: Well, what are some of your personal experiences growing up in the Brooklyn area in the Rockaway Beach area and stuff like
1: that? Uh, So Rockaway Beach is actually a section in Queens. Um, You know, I always say it's 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 Queens, but not really. It's kind of Queens by a technicality because we're isolated. You know, we're 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 really our own entity. Um, You know, it's New York City, but at the same time, we have a beach. We have a surfing culture um, and it's, it's a really strange dichotomy because um, you know, I always tell people it's like my whole neighborhood is, is like the land of opposites. You know, you have, you have a wealthy section, you have a very poor section, you have a middle class section, you know, you could be standing on the boardwalk in the middle of the summer looking at the beach and not even know you're in New York city. And then you could turn around and you see all the symptoms of like a New York neighborhood. You see the, the A train, you see high-rise apartments. You see homes. You see bungalows, and it's you know there's there's a lot of mixture of cultures out here. It's definitely unique in terms of being a New York City neighborhood, and 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 that's important to me because, you know, when you talk about hip hop, there's so many famous MCs and iconic rappers that have come out of Queens as a borough. When you talk about Rockaway specifically, um, you know, you could really only count you know the prominent names on on one hand. So you know. You have MC Search. You have um, Stack Bundles. You have Chinks. Rest in peace. um, You know, Father MC. um, You know, it's I think Cormega and 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 you know MC Light spent some time out here. But you know, as far as like actual rappers that came out of this neighborhood, um, they're pretty few and far between. Which is, you know, part of the reason I put from Rockaway in my professional name because it's important for me to put you know my neighborhood on the map and really show hip hop fans like a side of New York city. They rarely get to see, you know, you watch a lot of my videos, you see the beach in the background, you see the, the scenes of Rockaway. And, you know, that's, that's extremely important to me because I think people outside of New York have a stereotypical view of what New York city looks like. And, you know, obviously they, they see the bodegas, they see, you know, the, the, the high rise buildings, they see Manhattan, um, but, you know, Rockaway is just a really unique place. And it's important for me to kind of shine a light on that, you know.
0: And so what was it, you know, Bobby, that got you into, you know, making lyrics and writing lyrics and stuff? Was it from a young age or did you come upon it, you know, later in life sort of thing?
1: I started around like 10 or 11 years old. Um, and really, like, I had a lot of musical influences in my family because, you know, my brother, who's five years older than me, was like an MTV junkie he was that was on all day every day so you know from a really young age i was exposed to everything from from rock to rap to grunge you know he would switch over to VH1 they'd be playing shit from the 80s and 90s my mom was a huge classic rock fan you know my dad was from detroit and he was a huge classic rock fan but he also listened to like a lot of new wave like devo and talking heads and blondie and then the whole you know motown movement so There was a lot of uh, there was just a lot of music that I was exposed to early on. Um, But I would say in the, you know, the mid to late 90s was when my my brother really got into hip hop and he started bringing home albums. And, you know, I just remember going into his room and just stealing all the CDs, you know. And now that I look back on it, it was like rap 101 because it was all the classic 90s albums. Right. You know, it was Nas, Illmatic. Capital Punishment, Reasonable Doubt, Legal Drug Money, Slim Shady LP, uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. So, you know, I, I th- those six or seven albums that I would steal and listen to were like a great foundation for me because, you know, I would just listen to them over and over and over and over again. And I started to understand the technique of rapping, you know, like listening to guys like Big Pun, listening to Biggie, listening to Eminem and Nas, you know, I would start to dissect the lyrics and understand, um, you know, what separated one rapper from another, you know, why these guys are considered great. And it just kind of became an obsession for me. And from there, you know, I, I, I basically challenged myself like, well, is this something that I could do? And that's when I started to write. And I think, you know, in the early stages, I was trying to emulate everybody that I was listening to. But, you know, just after repetition and constantly writing you know I started to develop my own style and it just kind of went from there so yeah I've been I'm 33 now I've been I've been rapping since I'm like 11.
0: That's a wild man and you know is it taking you other places and stuff like that or do you still work a day job like lots of other guys you know that haven't made it big I guess in the music scene or do you do what you, you do it for the love of the music.
1: Well, I mean, I definitely work a day job. You know, rap is not where I, it's not where I want to be at now. Where, pay, where it pays the bills, um, I make a I make a little money off rap, which is dope. Um, you know, obviously, I'd like it to be a full time thing, but I don't I don't look at it as kind of like an all or nothing type of scenario. You know, you'd be surprised how many working rappers who have successful music careers also have other careers. Um, which was something that was cool to find out because, you know, they try to make it seem like you have to be all in, you know, to be successful. And I don't think that's necessarily the truth. Like, you know, there's a rapper named Ka who is dope as hell. Um, You know, he's from New York and he's I think he's been on the FDNY for like 15 years or something like that. So, you know, everybody's situation is different, but, you know, rap has definitely brought me places, you know, I've definitely done shows and, and performed in front of crowds and like, like last year I did Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas and and open up for little brother. That was like insane to me, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that, you know, I could record an album in my crib and, 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 and put it out and a year later be on stage in front of a, a couple thousand people was like mind blowing to me, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, rap, rap has definitely taken me places I never thought I'd be. It's definitely put me in rooms with people I never thought I'd be in rooms with, you know, helped me make connections with people I've never thought I'd make connections with. Um, and that's like, that's kind of the fuel that keeps the fire going. You know what I'm saying? It's those little, those little victories that, that keep happening. Like, you know, if I just keep at this, you know, things are going to happen. So um, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. And so like talking about that, what are some goals you have for yourself, I guess, this year, even though we're still in the middle of this pandemic or whatever you want to call it? But do you have some goals set out for yourself, you know, creative wise and stuff like that? And what are some of them that you have and how are you going to go about achieving them?
1: I mean, it's hard to say, you know, what my goals are, because I just I really try to take it one step at a time. You know, I'm working on a project now and, and my entire focus is getting that project, you know, sounding the way I want it to sound you know, making sure everything's mixed and mastered properly the way I want it. Um, you know, and, and once that's done, you know, then, you know, the marketing conversation happens, the video conversation happens, all that stuff happens. So I try to I try to take it one step at a time because I'm not a I'm not a great multitasker. Um, but for me, I just look at it like, you know, I'm climbing a mountain and every every, you know, project, every album that I put out, brings me closer to the top you know what I'm saying and I try to enjoy the journey as it happens as opposed to you know I, I think the problem sometimes with setting these lofty goals is if you don't achieve it you could sometimes look at it like you failed without you know without looking back and saying well damn look at everything I I accomplished you know in my mission to you know reach this quote-unquote goal so you know, my, my mindset has changed a lot. You know, I think if you would have spoken to me five, six, seven years ago, my goal would have been, let me get a record deal. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm just not as concerned with that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I look at it like an everyday grind, something I have to do every single day, every single day I move closer and closer to, I guess what that goal would be. Um, I know I'm moving in the right direction, but, um, you know, it's more about building a fan base, connecting with those people, um, and, and kind of doing it my own way. You know what I'm saying? Doing it on my own terms, not really feeling like I'm beholden to, you know, what someone else wants me to do, what a a label wants me to do. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the beauty of the the age we're in now, especially with social media and all that stuff. It's like, you can, you could do this on your own terms and, 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 you could build your own audience and, and not have to worry about the middlemen so much.
0: Yeah, it's so true like I see so many artists out there and you know including yourself that you know, over the last let's say 4 or 5 years like there isn't many of these guys that have gotten big. They've gotten big on their own now with the power of social media and stuff like that and you're doing the same thing with your fan base. You may not have, you know, 6 700,000 people. You don't need that though. It's better to have a small You know, there's a room for everyone at the top, as I've heard so many times. There's room for everyone at the top for a piece of that cake if you want it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just one piece of cake at the top sort of thing.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I think there's room for everybody. You know, I don't I try not to compare myself to anybody. I try not to measure my success by somebody else's success. I think that that kind of thinking is is toxic. And I think that's what really poisons a lot of artists minds is. You know, they go on social media, which is like a highlight reel, you know, for everybody's life. And they see somebody else's successes or they see somebody who may not be as talented as them getting looks that they wish they had. And, you know, you can really get down on yourself and get frustrated and, and want to quit. Um, so for me, it's it's just about, you know, making music I want to make, doing what makes me happy. And I try to focus on the people that do like it as opposed to trying to convert the people that are never going to like it. You know what I'm saying?
0: For sure. So if you could go back in time and change anything about what you've done and about your music career, what would it be and why? It's
1: hard to say because I feel like everything that happened, happened for a reason and and brought me to this point. But, you know, I guess if I had to answer the question, I mean, there was was like a five-year period where I borderline quit. And, you know, I often think about if I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't quit entirely. I didn't stop making music, but I stopped putting stuff out. Um, and it's for a multitude of reasons, um, you know, which could basically be summarized by turning to the mad rapper and, you know, um, was kind of exhausted with the whole politics of the industry and things like that. I'm not going to get into that. You know, I, I, I think back, you know, what would have happened if I just kept my eye on the ball and, and, and grinded it out? You know, what position would I be in now? as opposed to where I'm at now but you know I can't really live looking in the rearview mirror or or live with regrets about what happened because I think I had to go through that to to kind of change my mind and 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 rid myself of the type of thinking that put me in that position in the first place so you know I'm I'm in a good place now man you know I think you know relative to how long I've really been going hard at this again which is like really around you know 2017 2018 what I've accomplished, I'm I'm very proud of. You know what I'm saying? To have a, a an album that was executive produced by Kwame, to 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 work with, you know, some of my idols, um, you know, that I look up to as rappers, to, you know, do do a project with Static, to doing a project with Daru, who's a, a, a multiple Grammy winning drummer. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this is you know this is from from my humble place. You know, this is all you know, organic stuff that has happened. Um, you know, I don't have a big team around me. You know, I basically have my manager. I have Kwame, I have a couple people that help me here and there, but this is like, what you see is like the work of like three people, you know what I'm saying? So, um, it's, it's amazing what you, what you can accomplish when you actually, you know, believe in yourself and, and, And you put in the work, you know, and I think that that work ethic was a was a serious component that was missing. You know what I'm saying? I think back in in, you know, 2009, 10, 11, you know, I was very complacent. I thought things were going to fall into my lap. I thought because I was associated with this person that their success was going to translate to my success. And things don't work out like that. You know what I'm saying? The, The biggest lesson was, you know, nobody cares you are in control of what happens to you. And, and if you don't put in the work, nothing's going to happen. You know, that's sometimes it's hard to come to terms with that, but you know, it's a sobering thought that I think everyone has to learn at some point, you know, and it, it made me, it made me step my hustle up. It made me get on my grind a lot more, which was something that was missing. And, And once, once I did that, that's when things started to change, you know?
0: And how did you get to that point, you know, from 2009, 2010, 11, like you're saying, what made you switch your mindset? Was it just that mindset of like, nothing's going to get handed to me on a gold platter basically. And uh, you had to start changing some things that you were doing in your life.
1: I think, um, I was just in a, I was just in a better place overall. And, you know, as I got, as I got to a more comfortable place in life, I realized that, you know, music was a, was a, was a huge omission. And, and, you know, I wasn't happy not being creative, you know, approaching it from the standpoint of this is something I love to do. It's fun. And that's all it should be, you know, all it should be is fun. You know what I mean? Like, this is why you started doing it in the first place, because you love it. You know what I mean? It's not about outside opinions or anything like that. Um, It's about doing it because it makes you feel good. That was really the, 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 the shift for me, you know, like once once my motivation changed, you know, I didn't care so much about and, and the and the the, the landscape of, of how you put music out changed dramatically, too, during that time, because, you know, at one point, if you wanted something to be visible or be seen, you had to go through certain gatekeepers and and certain tastemakers to get your shit heard. That was always a huge obstacle for me. Um, and, and, you know, that whole politics of that was something that really turned me off. Whereas now I don't, I don't have to worry about that so much. You know what I'm saying? So
0: we have social media now.
1: Yeah. Like, so, you know, now, now that I could, I could have a, a YouTube channel and, and Instagram and, 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 you know, go to the people directly um, that changed everything for me. It's like, I don't, I don't care so much about, you know, whether this publication or, or blog picks it up or whatever. And I think a lot of those guys are largely irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, man, it was, it was it was a mixture of things changing from, you know, where I was at mentally, you know, my motivations behind making music. And, um, you know, I just stopped giving a fuck. And I think honestly, that's, that's what needs to happen in a lot of artists lives. Like you just need to reach a point like, yo, I'm done trying to please everybody. Um, and, and, and I honestly think, you know, if you look at a lot of prominent artists, like career art, you know, the moment they stopped giving a shit is when people started to give a shit. So it's, it's, weird. it's weird how things work out like that.
0: For sure. And so what are you most grateful for today then, Bobby, in your life?
1: I'm just grateful to be able to make music with the people that I make music with, you know, share the success of what I do with the people that have been with me since day one, have an audience, man. Like just the fact that I could put something out and people are actually listening to it and appreciating it and sharing it you know i make i make new fans every single day and you know i get dms and and connect with people and it's just it that's that's what keeps me going man like whether it's 10 people 100 people a thousand people listening it doesn't really matter you know i'm just i'm grateful that you know i'm able to make music and there's people out there that care about it you know what i'm saying
0: Exactly. And, you know, that's how I, you know, just going through Instagram and I had friends sharing your stuff, a couple people, I came across you and I listened to some of your freestyles, you know, your breakfast with Bobby freestyles. Those are fun to listen to, man.
1: No, that was, that was a huge, that was kind of like the thing that kickstarted everything was I came off this long hiatus of not putting anything out. And, you know, I remember Kwame who you know, he's, he's been a mentor for me since I'm 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? He's like the first producer I ever worked with in a real studio. And he's just, he's a huge part of everything that I do, whether he's actively producing or not. But I remember him when I, when, when, when we started working on the summer classics album, he was like, yo, you know, I look at your Instagram and you know, if I'm, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know who you are, it doesn't even look like you make music. And that like that that hit me really hard. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Um, so from that day forward, I was like, you know, if I'm going to start putting stuff out or if I'm gearing up to put stuff out, I need to let the the people know that I'm serious and and I need to 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 let people know that I'm back making music. And I understood that we live in like a microwave type of world now where people consume content and just kind of dispose of it. You know, I knew that it had to be relentless and consistent. So I started doing a freestyle series called Breakfast Bars where, you know, I would take, you know, beats from from rappers that I grew up listening to or, you know, I would take beats maybe from other genres and I would rap over them. You know, I would I would record something, say, on a Monday. I'd shoot the video on a Wednesday and I put it out the next Monday. And I did that every week for like a year. I just kept relentlessly putting out content. And I started to see the numbers go up. I started to see more people be aware of me. And that was kind of like the promotional run, you know, gearing up to release, you know, the Summer Classics album. So, you know, th- and and that, that let me know based on the immediate, you know, gratification and seeing people sharing it, seeing the followers coming in it let me know that what I was doing was right and that I was moving in the right direction. You know, I didn't know where I was going to end up, but I knew it was, you know, pushing the needle forward. So, you know, that was, that was like, that was the start of where I really got on where I really put the work ethic forward and, 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 you know, started to see traction. And that's
0: so true. Like even with my podcast and stuff too, you got to consistently put out content And like you said, that's why I blended both my accounts together. I was like, I'm not going to start a podcast account and my, and just, so I just integrated my personal Instagram account and my podcast into one. Then people get to see everyday life with Chris, you know, what goes around with my kids and me and sharing my struggles in life, whether it was with mental health addictions or what, you know, dealing with, you know, living with ADHD on a daily basis. And And then I put out the episodes too every week, twice a week. So people see everything then. And it's amazing to see, you know, you created that other account just for that, but you caught traction really quick. And I love, love how you say it. You have to be consistent though, too. You can't just put one post out every couple of months or whatever. People aren't going to pick up on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of oversaturation. So you got to do everything you can to differentiate yourself from other people. And, I I approach everything, even the creative process from the standpoint of people don't care. They don't give a shit. You know, you're going to get five to 10 seconds of somebody's, you know, 10 seconds tops of somebody's attention before they swipe or turn or turn turn away. Um, So, you know, I keep that mindset in the back of my mind for everything. It's like, you know, somebody's seeing this for the first time. Can I hook them in within the first Ten to fifteen seconds, and you know that goes for for songs as well. You know what I mean? There's there's so much music out there. There's so much content. You know, everybody's fighting for people's attention, so you have to be interesting. You know, and that's that's the constant battle. That's the constant struggle, and it's hard. You know, you have to be. You can't survive anymore being a a rapper that you know unless you're you reach a, a certain status, like a Kendrick or a J Cole, where you know, you could take a two to three year hiatus and put out an album, you know, um, in, in this in this day and age, you know, you pretty much have to put out something every three to six months. And, and and if you're not putting out a project, you have to have that content in the interim to keep people's attention because, you know, people just don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, And 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 that's not their fault. That's that's something you you have to understand. You know what the audience is and and what the audience wants. Um, It's crazy. You know, it's 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 forced me to be to to be a lot more creative under a lot more pressure. Um, You know, whereas like back in the day, I used to wait for the inspiration to hit. You know, I've kind of trained myself to just every week set out time to where you know I'm in the studio and I'm I'm trying to create and I'm trying to write. Um, So it's it's helped me keep my facilities on hand you know what I'm saying and and be able to use them when I need them so it's made me a better artist honestly
0: no for sure and living in like I liked how you touched upon it a little earlier you know with your talks there about being present though too and just being mindful of what's going on around you and stuff like that too that's it's having that different mindset and instead of just You know living in the you can't worry about what happened yesterday and you can't predict what happens tomorrow so you just gotta live in that present moment too
1: things are always changing like it's it's a forever changing environment man like you know um it's 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 kind of like now like now everyone's doing nfts right so you know there's always (laughs) with with the with with the internet and you know the way people consume music and consume content you know it's a it's a forever changing thing and and you gotta keep up. Um and and it's it's kind of crazy because you have to be you have to be the master of all these different domains. You know what I'm saying? You you know, you gotta have a YouTube channel, you gotta have Instagram, you gotta have Twitter. Um, you know, they all have their own, you know, some people like TikTok. I don't I'm personally not on TikTok. Um, but you know, everything has its own algorithm and 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 way of being found and discovered. So, um it's it's you know there's so much more to it than just making the music you know if you're an indie artist you have to be a marketing you know expert also at the same time you know what i mean you have to know how to uh engineer you have to know how to edit videos and 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 you know there's there's just so much that comes along with it but it's a lot more satisfying when you're able to control all those things and 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 kind of be the master of your own domain
0: and i like that you touch on that like learning different you know uh trades through the whole industry and stuff like that myself as well like with the podcast i you know i record i do all the editing one i have one i have a guy that just does the sound for me but other than that i put together everything that you see on my page myself like and i've taught myself since i i knew fuck all about podcasting a year ago today you know what i mean but i just sort of grind it out, watch little youtube videos, read articles, talk to other podcasters. It's all about networking like you've talked about earlier as well.
1: Yeah, man, and, and the good thing is, you know, everything is open source now. So it's like if you if you do the research, you know, it's out there. You know what I'm saying? Like if 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 you want to, you know, learn how to step up your engineering skills, if you want to learn how to step up your your editing skills, you know, your marketing skills, um, you know, the information isn't kept top secret, you know? So there's just, there's, there's a lot of resources out there, man. You just got to utilize them.
0: Exactly. And if you were to talk to like some younger artists or, you know, anyone in general coming up, what would be one good piece of advice that you could give them?
1: Uh, Don't give up. Like seriously, like that sounds like, that sounds like the simplest piece of advice ever, but I think it's the it's the it's the one discernible difference between artists who are successful and artists who aren't successful. You know what I'm saying? Um, I look at a, a you know a lot of rappers that were super underground when I was say you know 12, 13 years old, and they're major artists now, or they're making a very good living being rappers. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily consider them, you know, like A-list celebrities, but there's, you know, people that were contemporary artists with them that, for whatever reason, didn't have the same hustle, same drive, might have given up, and they're not in the same position. You know, I could, you know, off the top of my head, you know, LP from, from uh, um, um, what was the name of LP's group uh, back in the day, from Run the Jewels, I'm blanking right now.
0: I, I can't remember the name of it. I know Run the Jewels. <laughs>
1: All right. So, so LP, right? LP, you know, he, he had Def Jux and, and he was, you know, like the underground king. And I never thought in my life he would be in one of the biggest rap groups, you know, in the world at this point. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ari the Rugged Man. You know what I'm saying? He's – his hustle is ridiculous. You know, what he's able to do from an indie standpoint, and he's been around – since 93, you know what I mean? Um, esoteric from seven L and esoteric, you know, he's in Czarface now, um, with inspect the deck, uh, you know, these guys, you know, put in the work and they, and they stuck it out, you know what I'm saying? And they used to be the most underground of the underground and here they are. And they're, 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 they're killing it. You know what I'm saying? And I think again, it just boils down to, you know, just don't give up, keep, keep pushing, keep keep putting music out, keep doing what you do. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, eventually the cream will rise to the top. You know, the vast majority of artists don't have an overnight success. And and to be honest with you, I would argue the people that put in that work and, and elevate themselves over time have way more successful and lucrative careers than the guy who, say, comes out of, you know, relative obscurity, blows up, Becomes like a flash in the pan, you know, five years later, he's gone. It's almost like a gift and a curse. So, you know, I would just say, seriously, man, like, don't give up. That's that's the only it sounds so simple. But that's it. Because I think there's so many things that are going to weigh down on you. you, you know, your own self doubt, family and friends telling you to give up. You know, it's never going to work. You know, you have to have almost an irrational level of confidence and belief in yourself because everybody else who doesn't do what you do, especially if they're not a creative, they're going to look at what you're doing like it's crazy, like it's delusional. Stop trying to be, you know, a painter. No one makes money off art. Stop trying to be an actor. Nobody makes it in Hollywood. Stop trying to be a rapper. Nobody makes it in music, you know. And and the ironic thing is all these people love consuming art, right? Right. But it's, you know, it's, 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 it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of self-confidence to, to put yourself out there, you know, open yourself up to judgment from other people and, and not quit, man.
0: Yeah. I like that you say that about opening yourself up to judgment. You gotta be willing to take that constructive criticism or the bad negative feedback. You can let it roll right off your back as, as, you know, my parents have used to say and stuff like that, or old hockey coaches or whatever you'll let the negative stuff roll right off your back, but you can learn from it though too. And realize that you don't want to be those people or be a part of that crowd. I love that you bring up R.A. the rugged man, Man, that guy, I've been listening to him for a long, long time. And you know, he's done it on his own with no label. So there's proof right there that it can be done. Everyone.
1: Yeah, man. And uh, I mean, he's bigger now than he ever was like, you know, he's more successful now than he ever was. Um, You know, same with all the other guys I mentioned. So, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, there's there's room for everybody. There's, you know, there's a lane for for everybody. Exactly. Well,
0: before we go, I just like asking this to all my guests and stuff like that. What are three things you do, Bobby, for yourself on a day to day basis that keep your mental health in check?
1: Three things (laughs) you put me on the spot. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I think making music helps a lot. Trying to exercise more that certainly helps. I think, think, you know, having a, a, a workout schedule helps lower anxiety and just, you know, helps you in your day-to-day life. And what would the third one be? I don't really know, man. You're going to, you're going to have to help me out. What do you, what are three things you do that help you with your, your mental health?
0: Well, I, I get up. I usually I'll, I'll do reading first thing in the morning, you know, try and read from, a, I, I love readings. I'm all about not just self-help books, but and being mindful, and try and practice meditation. You know, I've been trying to add that into my game every day. I send five messages out. I try to do at least five, you know, whether it be a video or a voice message to random people every morning, whether it's on Instagram or or in my text messages, people I know, you know, just send a great... You know, that I'm grateful for having them in my life and stuff like that. You know, because you never know when someone might be having a down day and they just need to hear that little message from you.
1: Yeah, I see, I was... I've, I've never gotten into meditation. I want to try it. I've heard it's really helpful. Um, another thing that I've heard is really helpful is like, which, which sounded crazy to me at one point in my life, but too many successful people have talked about it is, um, like daily affirmations, like, you know, writing down your goals or, or literally like writing down statements, like I'm going to be a successful blah, blah, blah. Like, writing that down. Yeah. Like,
0: manifesting it.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I definitely believe I 100%, 100% believe in the power of positive thinking. Um, you know, I think
0: I'm with think you there, that, man. Like if, if can I can suggest one book to you, Bobby, if I could suggest one book, I, I just picked it up. Actually. I love, I, I love the library and the free resources, man. The public library is amazing, but I just picked up this book called the little book of mindfulness and it's, Little like five to 10 minute meditation exercises on a daily basis. It's just, it's called the little book of mindfulness and it's like 10 bucks, I think, if you want to buy it outright, but
1: I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny you bring up books because there was, there was a couple books that coincided with, um, with, with my breakfast bar series, uh, that really like changed the way I look at things. And, and two of them were books by Robert Cialdini, which he, he writes, he writes, um, he wrote a book called Influence and he wrote another book called Persuasion. Uh, he talks about, he just, he talks about persuasion at length. Um, and another one was, was this book called um, How to Fail at Everything and Win Big. Uh, and that's kind of like, How to Fail at Everything and Win Big really changed the way I look at the world because, you know, you asked me about goals before and this book, really talks about having a system in place versus goals. You can implement a daily or weekly system, you know, puts you on a path working towards your passion or your goal. It's way better than saying, you know, a year from now, I want this or two years from now, or my five-year plan is to have this. It's do something every day that moves you in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? So for me, that was writing and doing the breakfast bar series and constantly making music and constantly putting out content. Kind of the same thing with what you're doing with the podcast. It's, you know, you don't know what is going to happen in the next five years, but, you know, just doing this every single day is going to open you up to new listeners, new fans and grow what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So that helped me significantly. Um, and it really, it really helped me reframe how I did everything. Um, and it's it's funny because I wasn't I wasn't I was never into like self-help books and I wasn't even I'm not even a big reader. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even really like reading books <laughs> Uh, it's I'm kind of ashamed to say that, but those books helped me a lot, man.
0: For real. What's the name of that book again? Because I'm definitely wanting to check it out, and everyone else should check it out too.
1: The book is called "How to Fail at Everything and Win Big" by this guy Scott Adams. He created the con- the comic book Dilbert. Kind of sucks because he's come a, become like a divisive figure in recent years because he's he's always talking about politics and shit. But but really, like his overarching point is is in the realm of persuasion and and how to persuade you basically persuade yourself to think differently like your your brain is programmable and that was like the biggest jewel I took away from everything so and 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 also the book in and of itself is about how ev- there's value in every failure you know every time you fail every time you try to accomplish something and you don't you know you don't have the the outcome you expect there's a wealth of knowledge that comes with that failure that eventually helps you be successful so that was another jewel that i took away from that um you know you know i definitely believe in what you were saying you know with the power of positive thinking you know affirmations meditation you know having like a glass half-full mentality and just always trying to you know look at things from a, a positive frame because i think that 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 impacts your whole you know your entire life you know not just what you do creatively
0: no i totally agree with you bobby and. You know, before we go on the show here today, you want to let them know where they can find you on the socials and stuff and where they can come follow you. I'm sure they can find you on Spotify like I have or Apple Music or iTunes and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I'm at Bobby J from Rockaway at Twitter. I'm at Bobby J Rockaway, Um, Bobby J from Rockaway dot com. If you want to find me on streaming, just search Bobby J from Rockaway. You'll find me. Doesn't matter if it's Spotify, Apple Music title, whatever.
0: All right, well, thank you again for coming on the show today, man, and sharing your story. I, I loved hearing what you have to say, man. Lots of positive stuff, man. And keep doing what you're doing and can't wait for your new releases coming out, man.
1: Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. This was uh, this was a good conversation.
0: I hope you took away something from today's episode with Bobby J from Rockaway because I sure did. You know, he just talks about being humble with himself, uh, believing in yourself, and creating that great content to put out there and stand out from everyone. You know, be yourself, guys. You know, don't try and take after and be like someone else and copy them. Just be your true authentic self is what I took away from this episode. So if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and smash that review button. The five-star reviews really helped me out in the rankings on Apple and stuff like that. That's all I got to say. But next week's episode is with Jennifer Littner. She's a sexual therapist and a full-time PhD student from Chicago, Illinois. You won't want to miss this episode. We dive deep into sexual therapy and many things to do around relationships. This is going to be a good one, folks. Till next one, take care, stay safe, love you all.